0: Welcome, Tarl, to episode number one of Producers Producing. Thank you for being a willing uh, first guest. I don't want to say victim. <laughs> but I don't want to say first yeah. participant. Where that was going. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an early endeavor. So uh, okay. awesome opportunity to talk to great producers, get to know what they got, how they got into producing, um, what they're excited about, what kind of challenges they faced, tips and tricks for up and coming producers, and then just any kind of <clears throat> other uh, you know, war stories or favorite tools and just... You know, stuff like that. No sure. huge agenda other than a good kind of common conversation around what we do and why we do it. So, um, we'll kind of kick it off with the basics, right? So, who are you and where are you at? And, and how did you get into this crazy field of game production? Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. So, it's good to catch up with you. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah.
1: My name is Tarl Rainey. Um, I am a senior producer for, um, at Stray Kite Studios and, um I have been in the industry for a long, long time, 20, I think it'll be 23 years this year.
0: That's Uh, wild. That's
1: awesome. I I started in uh, QA uh, at Nintendo. I was brought in as an outsource testing uh, actually a week before 9-11. So that's that's how long.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then so, uh, so yeah, we, and I was going to say, our, our our past first crossed when you were at QA at, at Monolith. And you were leading up, uh, you were headed of QA. I don't remember at the time, um, was QA project specific, right? So you were yes. the head of QA for Condemned and then Condemned 2. Right. What um, was it for the entire studio or just on that project specifically? It, it was just on that
1: project. Um, I was uh, at Monolith. I was hired... For the original condemned, which is a 360, Xbox 360 uh, launch title, uh, as QA lead and associate producer, and then okay. condemned two, which is where you came in, right? Yep. Uh, yep. I was for a short uh, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was. I was. I, I continued QA lead. I was also producer on the multiplayer, and yep. then associate producer on kind of everything, and then even got to do a little design work on the on the multiplayer, which was kind of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I like to call that out because it's like the only actual product anything I've actually produced uh, that wasn't, you know, a- an entire, uh, right or whatever. You know, I, I always thought yeah. that the name was a little bit, uh, bloated. We, we produce nothing except, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I guess that's a fair, that- that's funny. And that's part of the reason why it's like, when I was I jokingly called this producers producing because you know, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. I've heard it a million times. I'll probably talk about it on, every time I talk with other producers, but I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, like, produce me lunch or <laughs> produce me <laughs> right, produce right. Me something, pizza for, you know, for crunch or something. Right. And so then I was like, you know, and I get that. I've gotten that all throughout my career. It's like, well, what do producers do? And I'm like, right. well, producers produce like they, we produce like, you know, there's all sorts of things that we produce and we run teams and we ship games and we get your lunch. Like, yeah. what do you need to make this thing happen? So, yeah. so you started as you started in QA yep. long trajectory and in, in, in good path in QA and then moved into production at monolith was, did you, did you, think you always like, was that your intent? Like, Hey, I want to move into production or were you just like, Hey, I'm going to figure it out. And you had kind of started as QA. as zero, honestly, your your point.
1: Even, even QA, I completely fell into, um, I, I always loved games. And I remember in, I think it was in high school, I wanted to learn how to make games and the only, the only thing that really was kind of fitting in high school, uh, was a computer programming class. I mean, this would have been early nineties. So, right. Pascal or I don't even know what it was it, it would have been archaic and I I am not good at math so it was not for me plus the teacher that that did that stuff retired uh right before I would have been eligible to even think about taking that stuff so it just never really it never really fit for me or I, I didn't know enough about how games were made to really know that there was even a path and then right. uh, I I was in I, I got my degree in commercial graphics which was
0: I did a focus oh, cool.
1: on graphic design but it okay. was at a uh, pittsburgh state university in uh, pittsburgh kansas and it was uh it was really more of a focus on print and print
0: management like traditional yeah, yeah. right so okay. and, and
1: i i did not like
0: that side of it
1: but i was i was just technical enough with like photoshop and and computers i mean the mac stuff so i, I did a like i worked in the computer labs and, and helped sort of maintain all that stuff sure and i enjoyed that side of it and I got my degree, but I didn't deserve it. Like I wasn't a good graphic designer. And, <laughs> you
0: deserved it, it. Well, I mean, we won't go into all the,
1: the, yeah, the problems yeah. I have with college degrees in general, but you know, I, I learned a lot and I, you know, I, I sure I deserved it, but it wasn't, yeah. I was not a graphic designer when I came out of there. Like that was, right, that was just right. a thing. Um, but you know, anyway, so I, uh, at one point that was in, uh, I moved up to Kansas city and worked for a little uh, print shop and, and did sort of uh, cook, not com- not commercial art. What was it called? Um, production art. Like it was oh, taking great. other people's like paper designs and then like building it in uh, all just freehand back then. And then, you know, getting it printed on stickers and stuff like that. And that I hated that. It was miserable. Um, and oh, so, yeah, I, I decided to uh, well, I met a friend of yours now in uh, college, Joe Grigsby. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. I yeah, forgot we have that I connection. I totally, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I, that's right. I just I actually just caught up with him a couple of weeks ago as well, and we were talking about that because I had kind of forgot that connection as well. Oh, that is but, so awesome!
0: Yeah. I've got to catch but, up with Joe sometime. Yeah. I, I will, I will, um, I will shout him out when I yeah, when I post this up.
1: Definitely do. Uh, Joe's a great guy. Um, anyway, he had he had like started studying kind of on his own uh, web design stuff. Um, okay. and he did some sort of presentation at, at, at school on this. And I was like, that looks kind of cool. He showed me a little bit and then I kind of went off and learned a little bit on my own and that I never really knew what I was doing or got good at it, but it was fun because it was immediate, uh, uh, immediate response. Like you make a change, hit submit and it like, you can see right. it, what actually happened. And that was actually really fun. So that was kind of what I wanted to do. So I'm, I actually long story but i moved out to seattle uh through like found not some friends from high school or not even friends like guys i knew that were a couple of years older than yeah. me
0: the
1: brother older brothers of friends of mine um they had a place to stay so i had a, had a free spot and you know found cool. found a job doing uh web design stuff for a little bit and i, I hit that dot-com bubble at the perfect time oh like, that's I, awesome no the perfect time to oh, lose your job you, three times. Oh, the the one. opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is not so, awesome. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so it, was, it was not. Uh, but during that time, uh, I like I, I think I had like a month between each of those different jobs, and I think I got I think I had a grand total of like three months' experience in about four or five months, and then I think almost nine months of unemployment trying to figure out what I what I'm going to do because I wasn't really a graphic right. designer. the The dot com bubble had burst. So there weren't a ton of jobs. And this is back in the days of looking in a newspaper to find a job. Yep. But I found yeah. uh, there was an ad that just said something like, do you want to make money playing video games? I was like, yeah, yes, a couple,
0: please. Called,
1: <laughs> called the number and they said, yeah, show up here Monday morning at such and such a time. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. And I thought it was just an interview. But basically, they lined up all the people that were going to go over to, you know, next door to Nintendo and, and start testing. And I think they had us come back. Maybe it was on a Friday and they had us come back on Monday. Uh, but there wasn't even really an interview. It was like sign some paperwork, and here you are. And, here's can the you game. speak? Good, you're no, you're kidding. good enough. Yeah. And so I showed up the that next Monday, and uh, we were we were it was like seventy five people or something, um, and we were ushered into this big old room with a ton of little little CRT TVs and yeah uh, VCRs on them, and then they brought out this big rack of uh, Game before the GameCube was released and they were the um, the cartridge ones that had the big old cartridge that you shoved down in
0: there. And we started big, testing- big, like, uh, Yeah, like big dev units or were yeah. they well, kind of close the, to the- The
1: unit itself was the same size, but instead of having the little disc tray that popped open, it had this extra piece that was on top, and it was like a three times tall um, Super Nintendo cartridge.
0: That's it cool. Had, it had a little
1: handle on the top, and that they'd, they'd walk those around and like check them out with, you had a number, that was yours, the game had a number that was yours. You ever go anywhere near a door with this, you'd probably get shot.
0: They were all watching. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah,
1: very secure. Um, and then we just played Luigi's Mansion for four weeks or something, three, four weeks on this. And the way, I don't know if all Nintendo games work like this. I, I kind of assume for the most part they do, but NOA basically does localization. Like the testing. Okay, yeah. There's Lot Check, which is their, their certification they run it through those paces, but it's already been through that in uh, in Japan. So there was hardly any bugs to find. Um, I, I think, so yeah, almost all of it was localization. And and, and once that got, uh, once the translation started getting put in, there was lots of bugs with right. that. But, um, so did that for a couple of weeks and then had a week off. Uh, and I had, I had been working at uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield doing data entry taking okay. forms that people filled out and then typing that into their computer systems. Cause it wasn't uh, all digital yet. Um, very much aging myself here.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I've, I have had, yeah, this it's not about me, but I've had a lot of those odd jobs where it was yeah. like, and then I did this weird yep. thing that you you youngsters right. don't have to do <laughs> at all these days. <laughs> I had to punch the clock. And then I, you know, yeah. so yeah.
1: But yeah. So I uh, finished, finished that project. And then they brought me back for, um, super mario world something or other i can't even remember what it was called but it was uh it was the the yoshi uh the first time yoshi was seen super mario world on super nintendo but it was on awesome. the uh game boy advance okay so it was that that version that's so it. cool yeah Did, and when then,
0: you when you started there you said you just showed up and they were like all right did they, did they tell you like, here's what we want you to do. And here's what you want to test. Did you, I mean, now there's so much process yeah. and, and I, is that the right word? But that's like very, right.
1: They but, had, you know. I mean, there was no test plan. Um, and in fact, the first week was clearly, I, I learned this afterwards. I didn't tell you this, but it was clearly a, uh, a trial period because after oh, the first okay. week they pared it down to 30 people from 30 or right. 40 from, I think it was around 70 or 80. Um, and there was a bunch of people there from the call center and from various other uh, like customer service and stuff from from the main Nintendo office that got to do okay. that for a week to help fill those numbers in. And I think they were also being used to kind of help train people on how to play the game and whatnot. But like there right. was there was one guy, you know, an older guy that obviously had never played a video game in his life, and he couldn't he couldn't get out of the first room. Like he had he had a call guy, one of the call center guys next to him. Trying to right. explain how the controller works helping and help out. him. And he just, he never could get it. And I felt bad for the the call. Well, I felt bad for both of them because the call center guy was like, he's supposed to be doing this, but he's also supposed to be helping and working. And he's getting frustrated and he's like almost yelling at this poor old guy. And this old guy's like, I don't know what's going on.
0: Oh my God, that
1: was, (laughs) that was interesting, but yeah, then they, then they pared it down from there. It's like user
0: experience testing before it was, before it was a bigger thing. Right. It's like, I was like, this guy can't (laughs) figure it out. So yeah.
1: But then they, they, they pared it down to whatever it was 30 or 40, and then broke those people into different groups. And I was on the playthrough group. So I was, I played, you could get through the game in about, uh, eight, no, it was an eight hour day and you could get through the game in about four hours, maybe.
0: Oh, okay, Maybe so your five. job was to, so like, get,
1: almost get through twice. And we were just, like, back. every, yeah, every day was a new build, and just make sure you can you beat the game. And they really didn't care about anything else, and I did not find one bug. Like, I, I there was nothing <laughs> wrong with the game. Hardly anybody found anything. One guy found something that he could never reproduce, and nobody could reproduce, so... It was it they, were they were like, just, just off, like,
0: delete that one out of yeah, the system. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and the way we wrote bugs, they had printed out, like, uh, you know, a printed out Excel sheet. And you
0: would, you would you handwrite to be,
1: You were supposed to be recording everything on video. You're supposed to right. reset your tape at zero at the beginning of the day and just play. And then if you did find a bug, you're supposed to hit pause, write your bug. Log the timestamp. Log the timestamp and then wrap the the tape in your in your paper and hand it to one of their leads that was that was sitting there and then oh they would take gosh. it and put it into whatever
0: their their system was well i mean that's why the games are so flawless in in terms of bugs is they were like we don't want to have all these extra papers and vhs yeah, tapes yeah I so it better no be <laughs> better be a bug free bug free yeah. experience that's so crazy.
1: Uh, the, so the third project I went went on, I, I ended up coming late the first day because I had a flat tire or something. And I showed up a couple hours late and people were already going. And it was a game, that, like the type of game that I, I just never play. It was Pikmin. And okay. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. crap, they're going to let me go. I'm not going to make it. And it. By the end of the day, it, it was kind of the point where I was like, I can, I can be good at any game if I just spend time at it. But... I, like by the end of the day, I was I was on the playthrough team again because I was I was already be, able to almost you were
0: roasting it. Yeah, That's hilarious. It
1: I'm not good at games by any means, but if you spend enough time at something, you get good enough. So yeah, I was. Actually, if you're doing... it also taught me how to test. Like I, I kept watching. Like there were, again, hardly any bugs in this game, and there was something that happened that one of the leads kind of made an announcement to people, just kind of like a general like. Hey guys, what you're trying to do here, like you can't go crazy and like push right. a bunch of buttons in a weird order that no one would ever do, and then they hit the power button and call it a bug. It's got to be, you know, what would a player actually do that might cause them? And it was basically it was what snapped with me was a, what a, what is a soft lock? Something that it didn't break the game, it didn't stop anything from working, or it didn't stop the the, the game from running, but you can't progress anymore. So I started right. looking at it from that perspective and I was like, okay, what could I do? And I was like, well, when you start the game, you only have one little Pikmin. What if I can't have, what if I lose him somehow? Is there a way to lose him? So I started chucking him off the map and I found the one spot where you could not, you there was could. nowhere to get close enough to call him back. And I was like, yeah, I got a bug. Right. <laughs>
0: so I think that was awesome. the
1: only thing I found the whole time, but I was and then They like, <laughs> <doing> they <that>. yeah. <laughs> no, you They were like,
0: stop doing that. It's enough of
1: you. They were actually happy with that one.
0: That's awesome. That's hilarious. So so just to to fast forward a little bit then. So you 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 know, you're at at Monolith, you're on Condemn2, you say you moved into that AP role. And I think that Mm -hmm. was about the time that our paths across as well. So kind of what was your I'm curious, what was your, you know, you were learning all these lessons through QA and you were trying to figure it out for yourself. Like what what of those like lessons applied directly as you stepped into that? I know this is kind of a memory jog or or you could Mm -hmm. even apply to today, but things where you were like, Oh yeah, this totally makes sense. Easy transition or like, Ooh, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. I'm going to have to kind of like figure this out.
1: So from, from a production standpoint, um, you remember Dave our boss, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, he was, I mean, I, I don't know what your experience was with him, but I I love Dave. I thought he was an amazing mentor to, to me. Yeah. And a lot of that came from when he hired me, his the, the very like it was an all day interview. I I met with the entire team because I was going to be a, a lead uh, right. and, and and his associate producer. So it was it was a very important position. It had to make sure that you had the cultural fit, the personality fit, and obviously the the skills to do the job. But one of the things he did that I thought was amazing, and I, I've never seen anybody else do this, but at the end of the interview, and in fact, you, you might have legal issues if you tried this, but <laughs> he, right. he basically, he sat me down in his office. And he said, hey, here's a here's post-mortem on your interview. Here's the things I think you do, you do well. This is why I would I would look to hire you. And here's the things that I'm worried about if I do hire you. And he laid it out like very open and honest with me, which was amazing. That's and awesome. At the end That's of, of it, I, I the one problem was I left like, am I getting a job? I don't. Right. Does
0: that mean? Yeah.
1: But then he did, uh, obviously I did end up getting the job. And from that point on, he did a really good job. He, he was a good enough producer that he knew what he was doing and had that team you know, well run. So he did the bulk of the production work and let me focus on QA, but he brought me in at different points to things that especially in a larger company or a larger team, uh, an AP is just not going to be around for it. They're not going right, right. to sit in with the, you know, the the, the the executive producer from the publisher as they're talking about, is this project even going to continue? Or what are the main issues with this milestone? And we, you know, we want to, I, I don't think, I, I don't remember on Condemned that there was any real issues, but there was, you know, these were high-level conversations. Big with, conversations, yeah. That,
0: yeah.
1: And I mean, like, I at one point I saw him, and, you know, I, I wouldn't advocate for this, but the, not, not the way he did it, but he basically said, this this on the table and said, I'm not doing that. My team's not doing that and walked out. But what I learned from that was you protect your team. That's, that's your job. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, and, and there's a, there's a right and wrong way to do it. And, and there's right and wrong time to do that sort of thing. Of course, and I, of course. I don't, I don't even remember the context of that. I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong, but I, I don't know if I would have approached it quite that way, but I thought that was actually really interesting, but I got to see so many different things without... The pressure of being responsible for, the person for what's right happening of, there. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. so I got to witness a lot of stuff that gave me gave me a lot of uh, really good lessons without that pressure of screwing everything up. The and, person who
0: is gonna be accountable for it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I think the other thing I got from so the time between when I worked at Nintendo and went to Monolith, I was the company that had placed me at Nintendo uh, was right. an outsourced test house, and I did. I probably I mean I probably shipped over 20 or 30 games there as late stage like alpha plus testing as an outsource group for for various different publishers. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but and in doing that I got to see obviously a ton of different games but also got to work with a lot of different teams and see how games are actually made and you know some of some of the early stuff that I did some of the bugs I wrote were you came back is like well nobody cares about this this isn't we're, like right. well part it of it was like not we're, fixed we're, yeah. Yeah, yes and also we're not at the stage where we're ready to even be testing this so you shouldn't yeah. be looking yeah. at that or those sorts of things but but then also the the different conversations it, that happened throughout it wasn't jira at that point but it would have been like uh test track pro
0: or test something. track pro yeah all, the, yeah. all
1: the different comments from the people that were working on the bug you kind of learn how games are put together and, and the, you know, how, how the, how the sausage is made. Right. So that, that was stuff that really helped me in, in moving forward. And I think why I always, if somebody tells me, you know, their kid is looking to get into video games, they want to be a designer. I'm like, everybody wants to be a designer. Anybody can have a good idea. A designer is not the guy that comes up with fun ideas. It's the one that implements and makes sure it fits with the overall vision and blah, blah, blah but if you want to go that route start in QA that's an easy right. job easy job to get if you're in an area where you know yeah. you can do that and you you have good written and verbal skills and all that stuff but that will teach you so much of the foundation of how games are made and give you a lot of insight into different areas and you might realize oh i'm actually pretty good at this programming side of things maybe that's the direction i want to go and you still have lots of chances to do design type of work, and have yeah. ideas, but you might be more well suited to, to that sort of thing. So I, for right. me, that was, that was a big, a big piece of it was just getting to see how that sausage was made.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I was, I was curious how you got into production and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you were brought in to do QA and also, you know, would, with, with Dave be a, an AP for him and you kind mm-hmm. of got that, that. I don't want to say easy ramp in, but you got that support and you got that entry yeah. point in, which is awesome. And I think that, you know, I have found personally, I've gone through a couple of times in my career where I've had um, production bosses and producers that were like, I don't even know what to do. And you're like, right. okay, I'm going to try and figure it out. And and I've had ones and and hopefully I do this myself where I'm like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do and this is how I'm going to help you. And so, I mean, I think that's a huge advantage and a good, like really awesome early lesson to learn, mm-hmm. because then you like have that kind of click in your head, like, Hey, I don't want to do, I want to do that right, right, for the net for somebody else. Like I want to be that person as often as I can. I mean, that doesn't mean you're always going to be perfect at it, but it just remains, it's just like, you have that mental model to know, right. like, all right, when I have an AP or a, or a producer or whatever insert level here who yeah. who's working with me. I need to help do these kind of things. Yeah. So then, you know, as you've, as you've made your way in your career, have you, have there, you know, I love the, I love the, that interview note. I think that's awesome. I, I would the like the right there post-mortem. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, not to, not to make it about myself, but I had an old boss who would love to do, he would do something similar, but like after meetings and stuff. Like as oh. a mentorship, you'd be like, hey, in that meeting, you did this. Yeah, and that was great. But you also said this and like, you might want to be careful because when you say that it can be interpreted like this. Yes. And it was they good. did that to
1: me as well. I, th- I think that was that was useful for me as well. Yeah.
0: Overall, I, I would say if you're going to have it or not have it, it's it's great to have. But it can also be um, it can be a bit of a roller coaster. So you have to oh, be, yeah. you also have to be kind of a. Uh, you have to have like some tenacity to be like, okay, I can deal with like feedback all the time, right? <laughs> all yeah, the time feedback. That's true, and it's yeah. a lot. I mean, it can be a lot. And that, and you know, watching, I love feedback. you walk
1: down the hall, and you could have put your left foot forward just a little bit more, <laughs> right?
0: Right. It was a little bit slow, and yeah. you know that meeting was really important. So next time, I'd love to see you pick up the yeah. pace. And you're like, why are you watching me walk? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> But no, I mean so so I think that's awesome. The the that feedback, that transition from QA and those things you took away. Have there been any any other, you know, you've had such a long career in, in gaming, you've been in production for so long. Anything else that kind of sticks out to you? You talked about like if you want to get into gaming, and even if you want to get in, you know, production specifically, good entry points being QA. Are there any other kind of you know, areas or or Ways that you think somebody who is either early in production in their career or even just thinking about it where you're like, hey, here's a good way to to kind of grow into that or here's some skills. (laughs) Here's some things that I would really look for.
1: Um, You know, again, I I don't know that it's it's necessarily production specific, but I think for anyone that wants to get into the game industry. It's. I I, I don't know that this is exclusive to the game industry, but like I don't know how a plane is made and right. a plane is not something I yep. can go out and I mean, maybe you can buy some really intricate models or I'm sure there's tons of YouTube videos at this point in time. Right. But uh, I, one of the things I've done, like I, I've done this for, I mean, I remember making doom two levels with the, the wad editor in, in college. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm, I am not, I'm not a professional game developer in that perspective. Obviously, I, I am as a as a producer, but I, I think one other thing that has helped me is my just my love for games. And like you were saying, I, I think before uh, we we started recording that you know you need you you want to have some sort of creative outlet. And for yeah. me, I've you know for it's been holy crap, it's been 14 years, I think. Um, <sighs> Well, no, it's a little less than that. Uh, when I went back to Berlin the second time, which would have been right. 2013, that was uh, with
0: Jaeger. Was yeah,
1: it? with Jaeger, and yeah. they had they were one of the very early adopters of Unreal Four. And Unreal okay. has uh, four and five have that blueprint system,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is, I mean, it's programming, but it's visual. And yep. that, like, when I first saw it, it scared me. And somebody told me it's like Visual C I'm like, no way but then I started learning it. I freaking love it. I spend so much time on that. I've, I've built so many different, I have this one game that's basically just like a collection of uh, different um, uh, features or uh, mechanics that you would find in all right. these other, other games. Just like, awesome. I'll, I'll play a new game. And I'm like, oh, I bet I can make that. And then I go have fun making that and kind of no put kidding. it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, to me, that really helped uh, in, in the same way as like, you know, I, I I've said this in interviews before recently, like I've done just about every like specialty of production that exists. Yeah. Uh, may, probably not everyone. I'm sure there's some weird ones out there that I haven't, haven't touched or anything, but I've done almost oh, everything. I, and I've, and I've, I've been uh, a producer for teams that touch every single discipline. So I've got right. a really well-rounded a wide of how that work? Is done, even if I don't fully understand it. Like, I I know what skinning and waiting is. I couldn't explain you to couldn't you what do it, it, it means, yep. or I certainly couldn't do it. Yeah. But I understand well enough, and I think that's the really long-winded way of getting back to your uh, your question. But understanding that the more intricate details of how a game is made because a lot of the things that i've found that i've you know problems that i've been asked to solve as a producer were things where really good example and i always use this in interviews but we had uh, at one company i worked for i won't, I won't throw anybody under the bus uh yeah. we had this real bad bottleneck where rigging waiting and uh basically the technical animation was kicking out all this work over the basically just throwing it over the fence to right. animators and animators were bogged How down with having up and... Exactly. They were having to do all this cleanup of, you know, naming conventions and setting everything up in, in the proper hierarch- hierarchical structure and all that sort of stuff. And.
0: Which animators love to do traditionally. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's no, basically kidding. what they got into animation for. Right. <laughs>
1: and what we, you know, in, in kind of investigating this whole thing, realized that the, uh, That that there was way more time available to the technical animators to do that work so that when it got to the animator, they could actually start animating. And so we just changed up the process and said, okay, we're moving this chunk of work back down the chain. You're going to do this it's going to take you a little bit more time. You're going to have to be a little more diligent, but you're the one setting it up anyway. So it it makes the most sense anyway. Right. And so, and that, that fixed that, uh, you know, that, that bottleneck to, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously it didn't make everything perfect, but the cool thing about that though, was I learned something about that process and we were able to sort of inform the rest of the team, how this process goes. And so I think so many times you, I mean, how many people have you worked with that don't even play games?
0: Right? A, is, exactly, right a surprisingly exactly right surprisingly large yeah
1: amount. and so when in in the same way like you're a guy that has been in the game industry for 15 years and you're an amazing technical animator but you don't know what happens with the object that you're working with when you're done with it that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me like that's everybody should have a general understanding of the order of operations what that pipeline
0: and, looks like and, yeah exactly right. all those
1: pipelines right. all those workflows how all that stuff comes together and uh you know you get rid of a lot of the sort of miss uh misinformation or not, not miss uh, i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but basically you know people I, I always i always used to hear the comment i think it was that monolith people would say well oh, content can't break the bill <laughs> whatever Content right. can break anything. Like anything oh, can yeah, break anything, say. right? Like yeah. <laughs> that, and, and it's it's those sort of like little and you know far more technical people will explain to you exactly what what's going on and everything. What, I don't right, I don't need what, to know that why it did but, or what it can. Right, yeah. But I understand that is a stupid statement, and I will say in a much nicer way uh, that's not exactly the right. case. We need so. to be a little careful here. Let's not just go checking a ton of stuff in at the you know the day before the milestone or
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and I, and I feel like too, you know, you're talking about like learning blueprints and learning all that and, and, and getting your hands dirty with that. It, it, you know, <coughs> nowadays there are so many more avenues for um, not just like education in game development, like schools that cater to it, but you can just start making like you are saying, you're just start right. making content for, for, for you, you know, UGC. Yeah. You can start you know, like not just modding something, but you could actually put something out into a marketplace that is yeah. a game and that yeah. you could monetize and you could make money well, off of it. So and yeah, I like, think that that is a good way to learn, right? Yeah.
1: And like the uh you know, the Fortnite um you uh I literally just worked on this a couple months ago. Uh the <laughs> UEFN, uh, Unreal oh, Unreal Engine yeah. Fortnite. Like yep. there's everything you need is right there. All you have to do is learn the you know, but their new coding language, the first stuff to, to yeah. actually make make stuff happen. And you, that can be even very minimal. You can make, I mean, you can make a pretty simple, you know, uh, some sort of platformer sort of thing that you don't really need a whole bunch of code other than this is the end of the level and here's a trigger to say how fast you did it and that, that type of stuff. So you can do some really simple stuff to just kind of ramp up and, and start to understand how all those things uh, come together and yeah. you know at this day and age youtube and you know there's a million kajillion you know content creators out there that will teach you anything you want anything you want to know yeah. yeah yeah you just have to take I think, the time
0: yeah and I think it makes a lot of sense because you know i think from understanding how a game is is potentially made from almost like a ta like not not tactical is not the right word but like um like the the nuts and bolts of it. You could probably learn a lot, uh, learn a lot of that on your own. You can, you can mod, I think where it comes that next part where it gets, where you need that on the job part is like, well, how, what is it like to work with a team? What is it like to like manage, manage my expertise with others or what is it like to lead others? And what's it like to deal with crazy, um, you know, with what's it like to deal with difficult people or difficult publishers and difficult relationships and stuff. And so that's the, that's, that's that, the fun that. part. That's the fun part. Yes, yeah. That's, that's for future future yeah. podcasts with Carl. It'll be more of the the uh, some of the battle stars war stories, war stories. Yeah, I bet you have. I bet you have a few fun ones for sure. Um, so I'll 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 edit this, but for the sake of time, um, one thing that you know I know you've probably gone through this uh, in the past of in being interviewed and also interviewing um other producers. So what type of what type of producer are you? And I say that because I, I do believe that not all producers are cut from the same cloth. Everybody's kind of different in how they yeah. manage what they're not just what they're good at, but also what their style is. So right. you know, if you had to if you had to kind of label yourself or put yourself in an archetype, if you're I, a a D character. Uh,
1: I don't play D D, so I don't know if I can uh, I don't play a lot of D either. So it's not good for yeah. me to use that as a
0: reference point. Um
1: but I would I've never really thought about this in in those terms until you sent me. Uh, sorry, behind the scenes
0: here, he sent. No, me this still the question no, yeah. early, but no, uh, I think you got to give people a heads up, <laughs> yeah, just exactly. so you know what, what we're talking about. I, I
1: did kind of think about that a little bit, and I, I mean, as stupid as this sounds, I'm just the get or done type of type of person. Like yeah. I and and I answered this question in interviews all the time. Like, I literally had somebody in an interview once asked me, like, with a straight face what is the best method, production methodology and why? I was like, there isn't one. There's right. Everybody <laughs> is different. Every team is no. different. You do something that works amazing here. You take that exact same thing and try and use it with a different group of people and it falls flat on its face. Yep, I am I'm very pragmatic and practical. What do we need to get done? How do you want to do it? I don't, I have, as a producer, I have very little... Uh, care in how things get done. I And my job in and of itself is to make sure that you guys can get your job done. It's my job to, to facilitate and communicate. I'm supposed to make sure that you yep. are not blocked from being the best animator that you can be. You need information on what these animations should look like, where they need to go, where they get checked in, all, all those sorts of things. It's my job to help facilitate those things happen. So it's, it's, It's just putting two or 20 people together in a room and saying, figure it out. The only thing I really care about is, and this depends on the job, the company, the publisher, all the different things, but the only thing I care about is I have to, at some point, be able to tell someone how things are going. So if you've got a giant team, you need something like JIRA, you need you need all sorts of tools to be able to kick out all these graphs and, and diagrams and stuff to show how we're doing, how we're tracking,
0: yep, um, all that sort
1: of stuff. If you're three guys, you can do it in post-it notes. And you can say, well, yeah, this is going to take a little longer than we thought. And, you know, let's move those other post-it notes off the board for now or whatever. Right. Like yep. that That side of it doesn't matter to me. What? It, and you have to be able to work with a team to find something that they're comfortable with and that they're willing to use. If you overprocess something, no one wants to use it, including producers, yeah. because yeah. it's 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 the equivalent of a TPS cover sheet,
0: right? <laughs> yeah,
1: this is stupid. It makes no sense. Why are we doing it? Well, corporate said we have to. Well, guess what? Corporate can do.
0: Yep. Well, and then you know, and I think there's like levels all over the place of that. You know, depending on where you're at, or or depending yeah. on what project you're on, or what the publisher wants, or the partner wants, and and all of that. But I. I, I too tend to, you know, I always follow like a, a people first kind of, you know, mantra yeah. of, of being a producer. So if there are always frameworks or ideas that I have or opinions that I have, I mean, I, you know, I'm same for you, you have a lot of experience, so you're going to have a point of view, you're going to have a perspective, right? But it's first and foremost, like, does this work for you all? Right. Is this helping? And and if it's not, let's modify it. And then if there is nothing there, well, let's start let's start easy. Let's right. let's wade into it with some easy ways, not a yeah. over the top way. And so you get that buy in, get that trust, and then modify it. I mean, I yeah. do agree it can't be it depends on the team, team size. Um, but I've often often found like it, it can't be nothing. We can it's right, you know. I mean, unless you don't unless you've I don't know. <laughs> There's probably situations where it could be, but I mean, yeah. you know, get something in there, get something in there, lightweight, get something that you can evolve, get yeah. something that drives, helps to drive conversation and helps to solve problems, but yeah. mostly gets out of the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. That Like, to again, in the interview question, that's generally how I answer. I so said, if there's nothing, if nothing exists, I'd probably just start with Scrum because it's well-documented. And it's intended to be iterated upon. So yeah, start with the basics and then figure out what works for you, what doesn't, and iterate from there. But if something already exists, I'm not going to come in and change everything. That would be, I mean, how how uh, how cocky would I have to be to think I know better than you, and right. to come in and just change everything because well, this is the way I used to do it. No, yeah, let's look at what you're doing. Where where are your bottlenecks? Where 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 are communication break breakdowns? All, all that sort of stuff, and then. You start to kind of just plug away at fixing, fixing fixing those those little issues. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and for me, like, I hate meetings. I, I, I understand that they're necessary sometimes, but uh, you know, so many companies like, Oh, I got a question. Let's all have a meeting. And three right. people are piled in a room and two people are talking. Like why is everybody here? This is stupid. Right.
0: You could have just did this on yeah. this on Slack or something exactly. like a, a like a quick Loom video or something and just yeah. ask them what they want and just video record it yeah. if you want.
1: So, yeah, I'm I'm very much against process for process sake and even even process that is necessary should be as minimal as possible to get the job done. Yeah, I just, it, it's, it's such a waste of time in, in so many cases, and it, it causes additional complexity, which is going to slow down the actual work that needs to get done.
0: The actual thing that you're doing, which yeah. is making, making a game, making exactly. an awesome product. Yeah. 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 I, t- I, I tend to agree. And I, I've, I've, I do feel like if there's nothing yeah. there and, and I have been a, I've done this myself too. So it's not a, um, you tend to put in maybe too much where you're like, all right, well now we're doing daily stands and then we're doing, you know, and we're going to do a two week sprint and we do this retro and then, and maybe that doesn't work. Or maybe the team is like, we're having too many meetings and you're like, okay, fine. Well, we'll have less meetings. Right. Exactly. I I always ask, you know, I always say when I'm working with a team, like, you know, let, if you can give me some trust and give me some, you know, an opportunity to like, Iterate through this with me. You be honest with how it's going and yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get through it together because not everything you do is at, at any part of making a game is always going to be the exact right thing. Well, right. maybe I should rephrase that, but there will be times that it is. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's part of, it's part of being a, a team and part of going through that development is that you can say right. like, Hey, listen, we don't have anything. So let's try this. Yeah. If it's too heavy, too much and we have too many meetings Maybe everybody, maybe the team loves getting together every morning because they're all remote and it's the only time they all talk to each other or they're, you know, and they need that. And so it could be a waste of time, right? but it's a good bonding, you know, and they all love it. So you just, you kind of leave it as is because it helps in other ways. Right. But yeah, yeah, I know that, I mean, that's, I think that's a very
1: good, a very good point that it's not everything is intended to move the product forward. Sometimes it is just. Let's all be on the same page. Let's get to know each other, build that camaraderie because that, when, when things get nuts at the end of a project or, you know, but hopefully we aren't crunching and all that, that sort of stuff. But, you know, it is going to get nuts at some point, whether it's working long hours or it's just really stressful because we've got deadlines to hit and, you know, things aren't working or whatever. You need to know who you're in the trenches with, who you can... How they like to work, what the, what type of personality they are, so that you're you're not suddenly meeting these people for the first time when you're, you know, a year and a half into a project and you're like, oh, that guy doesn't like to be <laughs> talked to when he's, he's got his headphones on.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there's always times you know in any kind of creative project, creative endeavor, um, especially in games, where you're you're like, <laughs> hey, I need to lean into a little bit of, you know, into this with you to help the, help the project or vice versa. Like, Hey, you know, I need to do this for you or for the team. And you know, you have that, you have that bond, right. You have that kind of, um, you've been going through it together. So I know we're like, I'll edit this part too. We're like super over. So I do want to ask if you have any favorite um, do you have any favorite kind of go-to tools as a producer things that could be personal like hey i love using one note to take my notes and that's been amazing and my favorite tool for a team is x you know any any go-to uh kind of productivity
1: eh, i mean uh i don't know that i mean okay, okay so if you i'm, don't, I'm, I'm no. gonna kind of get myself in trouble here <laughs> oh no not really but uh currently uh the the group that I'm working with is using something called ClickUp. Okay. Um, and
0: it's I've heard of it.
1: I love it for my own personal stuff. Uh I've been trying to get my wife to use it so that we can keep track of all the crap I got to do around the house and things like that. Right. Um but I, like for computers. Yeah, and, and it's it's really it means it's really robust. You can have lots of different lists for things so you can break things out the way you want, all this sort of stuff but we're using it with a much larger team trying to use it in a similar way to like Jira. And it just, it just doesn't work that way. Enough, um, right. So that one, that one's kind of difficult. So for, for personal, like even, even just tr- personally tracking my own work, work stuff, I, yeah. I love ClickUp cause it's, I just know how it works. It's got, you can look at it in a list view. You can look at it in a Kanban view, um, a ton of different uh, actually yeah. different views of the, of the same data. And I, I really like that. Jira is, you know, industry standard and it's, everybody's got their love, hate relationship with it. It's some really great things about it, especially if you go use something else and you're like, oh my God, where's, (laughs) where are all these things?
0: Um, I know a lot of, I know a lot of big fans (laughs) and I know, I know a few people who are definitely not as well. Right. Yeah.
1: And you know, I, I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with just, you know, methodologies it's, it, it has to be able to scale. And just yeah. some things just don't work. They work great when you got a, a 20 person team and then all of a sudden you double that and you're, it's just not going to work. So you've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be willing to, to make those changes. Um, I honestly, beyond that, uh, I can't, I can't think of anything. that If I you had your way, love. If,
0: if you, if you could, if you had to move the team to a new tool or if you were like, Hey, the tomorrow they're like, all right, Tarl. We need to reboot how we're how we're you know looking at our work and how we're managing it you would put them into
1: well yeah it would would be jira i mean it's it's so industry standard at this point it it's it's going to be way easier to onboard new people um it's it's got the majority of the tools that you need to be able to track work and uh, you know, filter things out and look at it in different ways and all that sort of stuff. Uh, right, right. It's got its, you know, it's got its its weirdness and, you know, it's got some limitations and, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it seems to be like the only option. Uh, so it doesn't have a ton of competition. So there's bugs and uh, feature requests that have been sitting around for 12 years in their backlog. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like that that type of stuff is annoying, but I don't know what else I would use. Yeah, if I wasn't going to use that,
0: yeah, I uh, I got turned on, and, and it's funny because uh, for 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 those that know me well, they'll they'll be like, oh, you're you're paid by them, that's why I always say it. But I've been uh, a huge fan of Favro. Um, I transitioned some of the teams when I was at Congress onto that. Um, as uh, also a very much so a love hate relationship with that for for other users. I personally really loved it because it is built for game development, but it's also like Trello on steroids. Is it spelled um, like John but- Favro. Uh, yeah, F-A-V-R-O and, oh, and oh, okay. I will just say because I don't want to I, I trust me anybody anybody that I know that hears this will be like of course she's mentioned that because <laughs> I, really, I do really like the tool and I love the team um, they're super responsive they are always working on features that will get on the phone and help walk you through use cases or setups um, it is ma- meant for game dev okay. it's worth checking out if you do ever want and trust me this is you know not the point of this but um when we we're talking about tools because you know you also mentioned that that love hate i've had a lot of people were like i just don't like it and other people right. are like oh it's fine um but I've, yeah. you, you and i've been in this industry for a long time i don't think i've ever used a single tool it doesn't matter what it is where people are like yeah oh, this is fantastic i right. love it it's like an insert insert thing yeah. and half the team hates it and half the team loves it
1: and and Doesn't it's always matter. it's always a grass is greener on the other side we need to move to something else whatever this thing yep. is it's like okay what if we do yep. that are you are you going to like that i guarantee you're going to hate half of, <laughs> half of it too all right. <clears throat> yep. if, if i had a smaller team i would look at using uh another tool that i cannot think of the name all of a sudden uh codex Okay. Uh, C-O-D-E-C-K-S dot I-O. believe. Excuse me. Um is actually it's a it's a web-based thing. It's, it's sort of uh,
0: developed. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh oh. Fix it in post.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> I've been talking too much.
0: Um no okay.
1: Friend of mine actually uh, created or kind of came up with the concept. And worked oh, with cool. worked with a, a web developer to to kind of make it, but it's based on the idea. My, my buddy who who created it he he loves board games and specifically right. collectible card games, and so he kind of built it around the idea of building a deck. So basically, I think I think the idea of of the app itself is like everything goes in is just basically data. This is these are individual chunks of you know this a card is the same as a Jira task or you know, whatever right. a single entity yep. is, but then you basically layer on top of that, the different filters that you want to see, and it presents them in a card fashion. Um, okay. It's actually,
0: cool. okay.
1: it got picked up, uh, purchased by some other friends of mine from, that were from Jaeger that, that broke off and started their own uh, little indie studio. Um, I can't, I can't remember the name of it it's in german and i probably wouldn't pronounce it right anyway but they uh they made the game um i won't make you try yeah and i can't even remember the name of their game i apologize guys but uh they they picked it up and they've been they've been uh developing it and and selling it uh through through their company um and it's i think it's fairly popular in sort of the german indie scene and i mean it's it's in english and
0: everything yeah yeah
1: it's actually it, it, it it looked really cool and i thought it would be for again, for smaller teams, I think it would work really well. I don't. <clears throat> I'm not sure it's really built for. You're not sure how scale. A big, yeah, bigger
0: teams, but yeah, uh, yeah, worth worth taking a peek. Awesome, awesome. I'll have to check that out. Well, any other parting words? Anything else? <coughs> oh, no. Nope. <you> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. let you have your, your your coughing your your coughing fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been awesome catching up with you today. You I appreciate you being the the first uh first of, of what I hope would be many um producers to have on because I think it's just a I mean, I've been in it for a long time. I love production. I am a producer's producer, so I love talking with other people. And you know, you pick up little tips and tricks and just like hearing ways that other people approach problems. I think it's awesome. And I would love to have more of that opportunity to like have that kind of. Common production guild yeah. where we can kind of share more knowledge and stuff like that. And it doesn't always seem to be project specific. You don't have to tell me what your sure. what your game right now is doing and how it's doing it. I want to know who you are and what yeah. you do and why you do it. So, no, this is this is a ton time. of fun.
1: I, I'm looking forward to seeing other people you talk to.
0: Thanks again, <laughs> Tarl. I really, I really appreciate you being on uh, episode one, and um, let's do another one in the future.
1: Sounds good. Thank you. This is right. fun.
0: Thank you.